guys. Welcome back to Squish Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm also Jake. Jake, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode. Welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great. And today we have a special guest interview. We have ESPN sports reporter and journalist Holly Rowe. What's going on, Holly? Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Jakes. I, I love the Jake and Jake thing. I wish I, I wish my name was Jake too, dang it. We're ready to get in when you are. Let's hop right in. Let's do it. Growing up, were you always interested in sports? What, what sort of got you into that? Yeah, I was always really interested in sports. So this is a funny story. Recently, I was cleaning out my garage and I found this old report that I wrote when I was in sixth grade. So how old are you guys? What grade are you in? Sixth grade. You're in sixth grade. So I wrote this whole report about my hobbies and what was important in my life. And the very first sentence was, I love anything that has to do with sports. So I think you guys, I I was right where you are when I was 12 years old. I was cutting articles out of newspapers. I've saved articles from newspapers from when I was 12 years old about BYU football. And I just, I was just obsessed with sports my whole life. What were your favorite sports teams growing up? I loved the BYU Cougars. Um, It's a football team in Utah. You guys might have seen they had a really good college football season this year, too. And at that time, back in the, you know, 70s, 80s, they had the best quarterbacks in the country. And so they were running this West Coast offense that was really ahead of its time and really exciting. And so that's kind of the era I grew up in. And I had season tickets to BYU football my whole life. So we actually got to interview one of the offensive linemen from BYU a few days ago. Oh, good. So you guys are all over BYU. I love it. What got you interested into like the broadcasting side of it? Um, I just always wanted to be a reporter. So I grew up just being very curious about everything, probably a little bit like you guys, where I just was wanting to talk to people, wanting to know how things work. You know, like I would write letters to teams or I would write letters to Sports Illustrated and I would read every single Sports Illustrated cover to cover. Um, You know, back when I was growing up, we didn't have social media like it is today. So like you would have to wait for Sports Illustrated to come out or or wait for a newspaper article to come out to learn about your favorite athletes. So it just took a lot of time and I would just read everything I possibly could. What reporters and commentators did you admire and kind of copy what they did to try to do it yourself? Oh, that's a great question. So when I was really young, when I was about your age, there was a broadcaster in Salt Lake City, Utah, where I lived named Shelly Thomas. And she was just really good at her job. She worked for KSL Television. So I always just wanted to grow up and be like Shelly Thomas. But she was more news. She wasn't doing sports. Um, But then when I got into sports more um, and wanted to kind of started to feel like maybe that was possible because there weren't a lot of women doing sports I really looked up to a woman named Leslie Visser, and she's one of the first people that told me, hey, you should think about being a sideline reporter. And it was the first time I ever heard that term. And so she's the one that really kind of um, motivated me and got me going towards sideline reporting. And it's because I did an internship at CBS Sports, and I got to meet her, like right when I was getting out of college, I got to meet her, and she really encouraged me. talked about BYU earlier, but why did you decide to attend the University of BYU for college? Um, I went to BYU for a couple of years, and then I ended up transferring and going to the University of Utah. So I'm one of those rare people that I actually cheer for both teams. That's like somebody who would cheer for Alabama or Auburn. It seems very unusual, and yet those are my two teams, and I love them both. So it's, it's kind of funny. And I'm an Alabama fan. There we go. You understand. It's crazy, but I but I love them both. 
What's the preparation of a game you're going to broadcast? Okay, good. Well, I'll tell you, we're doing a game tomorrow, which is South Carolina at Mississippi State. So today we did Zoom interviews with Don Staley, and then we did phone calls with players, just got off the phone with a couple of the Mississippi State players. And then um, I'm also working on a feature story that will be on ESPN's game day on Saturday about the Gonzaga men's basketball team that's ranked number one in the country and really one of my favorite teams in America. So I've had a crazy day today. I've, I've done, I think, eight different player interviews um, in different sports. So it's been a wild day. What's that been like, just interviewing so many, so many different players? How do you prepare with all those different notes for different players? What's that all like? Yeah, I had one moment where I was like, I can't believe that I have all this information in my brain, but whether it's talking to Drew Timmy, who is um, the second leading scorer on Gonzaga men's basketball about why he's shooting 61%. And he's got really big, good, soft hands. He's 6'10", but can really move and catch the basketball. So we're talking about that. And then we flip the page and I talked to Jalen Hill, who is a sophomore for Oklahoma men's basketball, who had a really crucial play with five seconds left in a game last night, Oklahoma at Texas, where he almost botched the game with an inbounds play. And then he tried to miss a free throw and botch that. So we had a really funny conversation with him about the last five seconds of that game. So I don't know, it's, it's in my brain. It's just because I like sports and I had watched the games and it's all in my brain, I guess. Speaking of sideline reporting, you said earlier, what's been like best game that you ever witnessed live to call? Okay, well, I'm pretty sure that you guys weren't born yet. What year were you born? 2008. Oh, so this is the year. Um, Texas and USC played in the Rose Bowl, and it's one of the best college football games in history, if not ever. Probably had the most NFL talent on the field that we've ever seen. And Vince Young ran it in with 20 seconds left to win the national championship. And I was the sideline reporter for the Texas Longhorns sideline. So I got to be right there and, and interview all the players, talk to Matt Brown. And that's my favorite game I've ever worked. Number one, because the Rose Bowl is really special to me. Me and my dad went to the Rose Bowl when I was a kid. And um, I got to take my dad back to that Rose Bowl. And he was there in the stands with me doing when I was working that very famous game. So that's my favorite game I've ever done. Is the Rose Bowl your favorite sporting event? It is. There's just something really special about it. It's, it's just a beautiful stadium, a beautiful setting, and it just always feels a little bit magical. Um, so when the sun's setting over the Rose Bowl, it just looks like magic. It's cool. What do you think your favorite college basketball event is to call? Well, you know, I'm torn because I worked as a runner, which is somebody who kind of gets stats and popcorn and just runs around and does errands. I worked as a runner for the men's final four for 10 years. And I love that event. That is one of my favorite events in sports. Um, if I could ever grow up and work a men's final four, that would be a dream come true. But I work for ESPN and we don't have the rights to that event. So I work the women's final four. And that is obviously my very favorite. Um, and then I would also say the college football national championships that I've worked. And then the women's softball, women's college world series are some of my favorite events I've worked. And you definitely witnessed much of my favorite teams. In college basketball, my favorite team is UConn for men's and women's. So you definitely called, definitely won their games. Yeah, I just was on the phone yesterday with Gina Oriema and yeah. Aubrey Griffin and Aaliyah Edwards, some of their new players, and yeah. um, Paige Beckers we've been talking to. Really so I've, I'm really dialed in on UConn because we've had a couple of their games here recently.
how do you think we could get from where we are now? And do you, what do you think about like just the fan situation? Yeah, it's really hard right now. I'll tell you guys. So I'm just getting over COVID myself and it has been really hard and I've been really sick. So I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, COVID's not real or blah, blah, blah. I'm here to tell you it's been it's real and it's really hard. So I think the number one thing fans can do is to wear masks. I, I don't know why some people in some parts of the country thought it's a political issue instead of a health issue, but I would just really encourage everybody to wear their masks so that we're not spreading this disease and now the variants of this disease to each other. And um, if we would have been really strict on the masks, like last March and last April, I think we would be in a much better place and we would have normal, normal stuff happening right now. So hopefully we can be smarter and quit passing the virus to each other. But I'm excited about the vaccine and I hope we're going to be able to go back to games. I really miss fans in the stands and being at games. It just makes me so sad. One thing is your guess when we'll have what we had probably like eight months ago in fan terms. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get there until probably um, June. Maybe we'll see some game. like maybe we'll see some more fans in the stands with NBA playoffs. Or I'm hoping for the WNBA we can have some fans because I think it's going to take a combination of vaccine and herd immunity. Um and, and I'm hoping we can get there. So right now we're still in January. You know, you think about it, that's in six months. And that sounds like it's really far away, but we're almost a year into this now and we're kind of still in the same spot. So hoping we can get better. How are you guys holding up? Is this hard for you guys? Cause you don't get to be around your friends and everybody as much. It's definitely yeah. tough. We still get to go in school twice a week. Yeah, we go to school two or three times a week, but the best thing about this is we have our podcast, so if we ever feel bored, we try to set something up, and it keeps us, I guess, intact and not dying of wanting to be out there and do what we used to do. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are doing this, but I I think you probably are like me, is that you're sports fans, and I miss going to games. Like, I miss being at the game and feeling the energy and feeling the excitement. Um, So I was really lucky. I just got to do the Alabama Rose Bowl versus Notre Dame, and I got to do the Cotton Bowl um, with Oklahoma and Florida, and they had 18,000 fans allowed, and um, it was crazy and loud, and that's kind of the first time I have felt like normal at all since this happened. So speaking of ESPN earlier we did, um, what's it been working for ESPN for most of your career and calling games? It's been really awesome for me because ESPN has so many different sports. So I think I'm up to working like, I don't know, six or seven different sports right now. So whether it's volleyball or gymnastics or softball or baseball or um, football, WNBA, women's basketball, you know, I'm able to work so many different sports. And I really love it because, you know, like when I was a 12 year old, I loved every kind of sport. And so now I get to do that for my career. And so it's been really important to me because ESPN has such a variety of sports. So for example, like in, in March and April, some years I cover men's basketball, women's basketball, softball, gymnastics, beach volleyball, like in, in two months, I'm covering five different sports and you might throw in a spring football game. So it's just really cool. Were you a big ESPN fan growing up? Do you watch it a lot? No, because ESPN didn't really come into play until I was like, maybe, I don't know, maybe in my 20s, I think. Um, 
actually BYU football versus Boston College, I think, was one of the first football games that ESPN ever broadcast, maybe in 1985 or 86. So um, we didn't really have ESPN growing up. And and we got stuck. If you guys can even believe this, we would just get stuck watching whatever was on like one of the four main channels. So it was ABC, NBC, CBS were the main channels. And like you just got stuck watching whatever they put on. So I grew up watching a lot of Oklahoma football, um, Nebraska football or USC football, because that's where I lived in Utah. And so that's the games that they would put on for us. So you kind of got stuck watching whatever was um, on those main channels. We're going to come back to college basketball now. I know it's very early to call, but who do you think is going to win the national championship from each side, men's and women's? Yeah, I think for the men, it's, it's, really comes down to probably two teams. I Baylor and Gonzaga are the two best teams. They're, they're ranked number one and two in the country right now. And I'm just so sad because they were scheduled to play earlier this year in December. And that game got canceled because uh, some of the players got COVID and, and had contact tracing. So we would have had a better plan of who was better and who was really going to win. But I think it's going to come down to Gonzaga or Baylor. I, those are my two favorite teams right now. They're really, really good. Who's your side for the women's national championship right now? Who's your take? Yeah, it, it's hard because I think there's more teams that can win it. So a team I really like right now, you know, Stanford is very good. But um, South Carolina is a team I really like right now. They have a player named Aaliyah Boston, who is just my favorite player right now in the women's game. Uh, UConn is good. Uh, Baylor, of course, is good again, and I just, in NC State and Louisville, Louisville is number one right now for the first time in their history, so I think that this is going to be one of the most exciting NCAA tournaments for the women if we get to have it, because I think there's probably five or six teams that it's just a toss-up that anybody could win it. I know we've talked about this earlier, but we didn't get to this. What's this like calling game on air, just with all that energy backed when there's fans around? What's it all like? Yeah, it's really fun. And for me, it's kind of cool because, you know, as a sideline reporter, I have my microphone and I have a, what's called a talk back button on there. So I'll, I'll push this little button and I talk to the producer and I say, hey, I've got more on Paige Beckers and why Gina Oriam has been so hard on her. And then they have to tell uh, Ryan and Rebecca, hey, Holly's going to come in after this next possession. And then I do my report. So I have to come up with a lot of creative ideas and what we call sell my story idea to the producers so that they'll put me on TV. So I like it because every single time I do a report, I have to earn it every single time. Um, I have to I have to pitch a good idea. I have to deliver it well, and it has to be quick and succinct. So I really like that part of my job. As a cancer survivor, you've been very active in cancer research. So what type of organizations have you been involved in research? Yeah, so I've been working with the Melanoma Research Foundation and then the AIM at Melanoma Foundation. I also do a lot of work with the American Cancer Foundation, Cancer Society, so like the Coaches for Cancer, I do a lot of events for them. And one of the reasons I do that is because there was a time it was really scary for me and I was, wasn't was sure if I was going to make it and, and still live. And I just remember, you know, telling God and, and praying and saying, please let me live. I feel like I still have so much good work I can do in this world. And so I've just kind of promised myself and God that I'm going to do everything I can to help other people who get cancer and try to make sure that my life being saved and me continuing to live, that I am paying that forward and, and making sure that I give to others and be kind and loving to others.
What are the most important things about sports commenting that you can tell guys like us who want to be involved later in their lives one day in the next like 10, 20 years? What would you tell them? So number one is something that you're already doing. And I'm really proud of you guys for already doing this, but it's getting reps. So you've heard this like quarterbacks or wide receivers or players, they have to get reps. And that just means getting repetition doing the job. So every time you guys are doing a podcast or interviewing somebody, you're getting a rep. And so I think it's really good that you're starting so young because by the time you get to be an 18, 19 year old in college, you guys are really gonna be professional pros and getting reps is the most important. And then I would also say being really curious about other people. You, you've got to, you know, I love that you said you talked to a BYU offensive lineman and, you know, reaching out to people and like, why are you good at this? How did you get good? And wanting to know more of the story, I think is a really important part of my job of natural curiosity makes me a good storyteller. So we're going to move on to more rapid fire questions, more off your career and more just in, in general. What's your favorite stadium you've ever had to work in or just anything to be around for to call, for a call? Ooh, I would say Penn State, when they have the whiteout game at night, it's 110,000 people all dressed in white, all unified in their cheering. There's nothing better than an Ohio State at Penn State whiteout in college football. The next rapid fire question is going to be, what do you think the, your favorite player you've ever interviewed was? Ooh, that's almost an impossible question to answer because I've had so many. My gosh. I'll, I'll tell you my favorite player I interviewed this week because it's impossible to pick over my whole career. But Mark Vidal is a, a player for the Baylor Bears. Yeah. And I did an interview with him yesterday, and it's the favorite interview I've done in a long time because he talked about being a glue guy for that team and how a lot of players focus on being the scorer and, and it all being about them and how many points they're scoring. And he's focusing on doing all the little things. They call him Mr. 95 because he does 95% of the things that nobody else wants to do. And I just loved his attitude. You don't run into people very often who are so unselfish. And then he was also very honest about kind of the mental challenges of college basketball right now, playing in a pandemic, going through all the COVID protocols. And, and he talked about how he's kind of talked to a counselor and been very honest about his own um, struggles with some mental, you know, maybe some depression and losing a, a high school coach that was close to him. And he was really honest and open. So I thought that was one of my favorite interviews I've done in a long time. This is just a regular NFL question. Bucks or Chiefs for a Super Bowl? Not this, not this weekend, but next weekend. Yes, so I'm gonna say Bucks. I moved to Tampa about a year and a half ago and I kind of got on the Bucks bandwagon, and I really love this Bucks team. I know everybody's talking about Tom Brady, as they should, because he's awesome, but their defense is so good. One of my favorite players in college football that I ever covered played at LSU named Devin White. White. Yeah. He's a linebacker, and he has really transformed the spirit and, and toughness of this Tampa Bay defense, so he's one of my favorite players, and um, I know everybody's talking about Tom Brady, but you look at this defensive front for Tampa Bay and how tough this defense is. They made it really difficult for Aaron Rodgers last week, and I think they're going to be really exciting. It's hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes because I love him. He's such a nice guy, but I'm going with the hometown team. Have you ever interviewed Patrick Mahomes? I've not interviewed him, but I have met him and talked to him, and he's just such a nice kid. He's you know, he's so young. It's crazy to think that he's so young. He's just 26 years old, but um, he is a great young man, and I really like him. 
throughout your whole life watching football, who has been your favorite QB to watch? Favorite QB to watch? Oof. Well, when I was younger, I really loved Ty Detmer. He played at BYU and he won the Heisman. Um, I think Cam Newton is somebody that I really loved watching at Auburn when he was playing there. I loved Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Um, he was somebody else I really liked. And then recently, I loved Justin Herbert that was at Oregon. And, you know, everybody, like his draft stock was kind of dropping and people were talking about, oh, I don't know if he's going to get drafted that high. And I'm like, he is great. Like, you've got to, you've got to draft him. He is fantastic. And he really proved me right this year with the Chargers. I think he's going to be really good pro. Who's your favorite coach you've ever met or interviewed? Who? I mean, Pat Summit is probably my number one all time. She's somebody I really looked up to in my lifetime. And it just breaks my heart that she's gone. Um, I also really, I don't know if love is the right word, but I have so much respect. I'm just obsessed with Nick Saban. Like he is this living, breathing coach that we will look back on 20 years from now and we won't be able to figure out how he did it because he's so excellent and so good. So I'm pretty obsessed with Nick Saban. Like I literally study him. I study everything he does, read everything he has written. And I'm really fascinated with him and what makes him so successful. You could just bring in the best recruits and they just aren't the same thing every year. They're amazing. They're always Yeah, but but have you guys read this book? There's a great book you should read called Fourth and Goal Every Day by Phil Savage. Have you guys read that book? Not yet, but I will now. Okay, promise me you'll read that book. But it's a book about how Nick Saban evaluates talent. And it's an old system that he got from Tom Landry, who was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and how he learned to evaluate the size, height, weight at each position. And I really think that's something people don't talk about with Nick Saban and why he's so successful is he's able to evaluate the best players and that's who he brings in because that's what his eyes are telling him will work. And I think it's really intriguing. So our final question of this great interview is, you know, we kind of mentioned it before, you said the fans, but what do you think the first thing you want to do when COVID ends when we're kind of back to normalcy? Oh my gosh. I want to hug people. I'm so, I'm so, I miss people. I just miss hug, just hugging people and being around people. And then I think one of the first things I do is go to a sporting event and go to a game and I would sit in the stands and I would cheer my butt off because I just miss being at live games and enjoying sports and just being a, a fan of sports. So that's probably, I probably hug everyone, hug my family, and then I'll probably go to a sporting event. So that's actually just going to wrap up our interview with you, Holly. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on to our podcast. To our listeners, please make sure to like, comment, follow us on Instagram and like it on Spotify and SoundCloud and download it.